Hey everybody, welcome back to In the Garden of Geekdom. I'm Janice Hawkins. And I'm Deanna Chapman. And this is a show where we watch an episode of Keep Your Hands Off Azoken and a different piece of media along with it and talk about them. Uh, what did we watch this week? We watched episode seven, I Have to Do It for Myself, which that title triggered me. <laughs> and then we watched Wolf Children which I have questions about. Yeah, I am not surprised that you have questions. It is definitely a a questionable thing. I'm not sure I have answers, but maybe more likely to have answers than I normally do. You might not have answers for these questions. We'll find out. What was the homework? What was the thing that I wanted you and our five listeners to pay attention to as you watched this? You wanted us to pay attention to movement, both, you know, with the characters and the surroundings. All right. Because... As we've discovered, they love wind in anime. They love wind. They love water. They love. They love the elements. In the breeze, they love the elements. Yeah, the yeah. Elements. It's very Avatar. <laughs> A movie I haven't seen. I was not talking about the movie, but okay. I haven't seen the other one either. You haven't seen Avatar: The Last Airbender? Isn't that an anime thing? Didn't we go over this, Janice? I mean, it's a it's Western animation though, so I thought there might be a chance. Like you watch cartoons, right? Do you not watch cartoons? I mean, if you're talking like, do I sometimes put Scooby Doo on in the background when I'm not wanting to pay attention to anything? Yes. Oh my gosh, I can't believe we've gotten to episode seven, and I realized that you don't watch like modern cartoons wild okay i'm not sure why this is surprising but like i mean i watched star wars visions and i watched the star wars animated stuff and the marvel animated stuff and dc animated stuff like there's so much yes there's so many cartoons in there i just assumed that the world's greatest children's program was also on the list no wow this is gonna be hard for me to take no it's fine I might have you have a different separate piece of homework later once this is all wrapped up. So much homework. If you're ever bored, if you ever like are like, oh, I've run out of media finally. 25 years from now. (laughs) With Geekdom Prime ending, you might like have some extra time that you might want to spend watching. No. No. Okay. All right. (laughs) I just mean, no, I won't have extra time. Okay. So we watched Isoken... We watched the seventh episode. We're getting there. We're like halfway through almost. What happened? So they are still working on their short. And you have this flashback to Mizusaki being a kid and just being obsessed with her grandmother, like tossing (laughs) tea out the door slash window. It's like those panels that they have that kind of slide back and forth or just remove through the like shoji screen door wall yeah yeah it's hard to tell with some of these houses i'm just like is that a wall or is that all gonna come off (laughs) both it's the same kind of house that they live in in wolf children do and she just tosses it the grandmother you see her trying to replicate that and she just gets it all over the wood floor (laughs) yeah that perfect twirl and fling and she does it like 80 times yeah I think at one point the grandmother's like, what a waste of good tea. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But she keeps entertaining her with it. And Mm -hmm. we kind of get a little backstory with her character because her parents don't really seem to pay much attention to her at all. Yeah. 
Yeah, like, she's, we mostly see her with her grandma in modeling classes or by herself completely being left alone. So it's wild to me that they don't want her in an anime club because it seems like they don't even care what she does. Yeah, it's super weird. I feel like it's the whole parents that don't want their kids to play video games equivalent Mm -hmm. because that's bad for you, so they think. It'll rot your brain. I guess that's sort of like what I equate them not wanting her to be an anime club to. But then they have, you know, the present day and they're working on preparing the robot and working on sounds. (laughs) You have them practicing the script (laughs) in the scenes. This guy, Janice. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no, it's too much. (laughs) That kid. Too much. I would strangle him if I had to work with him. It reminded me because he's like, not only is he doing his voice acting, but he's also like making sound effects that he doesn't need to make that they're like, they have a sound effect library for later. And it reminded me of like, when you watch a movie, sometimes you can see the actor's when they have a gun because they're usually using prop guns that don't do anything and like effects get added later. And so sometimes you'll see actors going with their face. If you look at their mouths. And I remember noticing, I feel like it was like Oscar Isaacs in, uh, the latest, the last of the three Star Wars. The Rise of Skywalker? Yeah, the Rise of Skywalker. I feel like there was a scene I remember, or maybe it was the one before that. Whatever one where Laura Dern is the boss. That's The Last Jedi. Okay, in The Last Jedi, uh, when he's like trying to do his coup at some point, there's like a point where I feel like I remember him using his blaster and going pew, pew, with his face. and being... I think Laura Dern does that too. Oh, uh, Laura Dern probably definitely does that. I can see her do that. Maybe I'm confusing the two. I'm pretty sure she does that because I kind of remember some interview about that mm-hmm. when the movie came out. And it, it was one of the two of them, but it was like that scene with the two of them in it. <laughs> Could have been mm-hmm. both of them for all we know. But maybe they amped each other up. Janice, if we keep going, this is going to become a Star Wars podcast, and I don't think you want that. It's true, it's true. It's Also, you can tell I know a lot about Star Wars because I could definitely remember the names of the movies and what happened in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing that you couldn't remember the name of the one Laura Dern was in, but that's a whole separate thing. It's the Laura Dern movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Much like Jurassic Park 2, it needed more Laura Dern in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. They tried to compensate with extra Jeff Goldblum but it needed Laura Dern in there for sure. All movies. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) So the Robot Robot Club's doing the scripts. Ono's annoying in it. Uh, The art club comes back with the backgrounds, and that guy, Nakamura, has, like, totally missed the point on a lot of those backgrounds. They do a sound meeting with Domeki, and she explains everything they need to do. Asuka says buckling a little bit under the pressure of being the director because she just wants to like do the art and not have to worry about it yeah and the practicing doesn't go super well but you have this big rainstorm that hits and at first i was confused i was like why are they showing us high school girls in a bathhouse yeah (laughs) for so long it's like a good chunk of the episode and then i was like i really hope this leads to something because this is a very strange setting Yeah, yeah. And, like, bathhouse culture and, like, bath culture are definitely very different there than here. Like, you'll see later when we watch Wolf Children, like, all three 
the mom and the kids are all like taking a bath together and like doing the same pre-rinse before they get in the tub kind of thing. Yeah. To be fair, the children are very small. They're not high school age. <laughs> exactly. That's definitely true. So the like beach episode or the like hot springs episode is a trope in anime that comes up a lot. Okay. I am very, very thankful that Keep Your Hands Off Izuken is unique in that it was not creepy or like revealing or sexual at all. It was just them playing around in water and doing motions and stuff, which is a lot to say for an anime because a lot of anime does not treat teenage girls with that level of respect. Right. That makes sense. Weird and jarring, but probably the most neutral bathhouse scene for teenage girls in a piece of anime. Good to know. Anime is trash. <laughs> if, if you come out of this learning anything by the end of these 12 episodes, anime is trash. Okay. <laughs> but then they aren't in the bathhouse forever. No. They go review some of the footage for things that they've been working on. They add some sound to it and it looks good. And Mizusaki's finally able to like explain to Kanamori why she likes animation. Yeah. I'm going to bring up Star Wars again. Okay. You're the one who said no Star Wars, but go ahead. Kind of, sort of. I'm going to bring up Skywalker Sound. Okay. Because I just watched this video on it today. Mm -hmm. And I was watching it, and it was basically like they were looking at a digitized version of the sound effects room that we saw in the previous episode. Uh-huh. And they just have everything logged. And they were going through, and they show you one of the Foley rooms uh-huh. and how they make the sounds. And some of the random random things that they have recorded over the years to get the iconic star wars sounds uh-huh. and one of them is just like a ginormous machine that's like i don't know it has like metal coming out of it like metal sheets coming out of it that have been pressed or something and that's like the at ats walking and it was blowing my mind and breaking my mind <laughs> all at the same time because they're layering a bunch of different sounds. Like there was a cat sound, not a cat like the one you have, but like a big cat sound. And it was just layered with other stuff. And it was literally part of the ships flying around in the sky. I was like, this is insane. Cool. (laughs) So when they were doing sounds in this, I kind of wish I had seen this video before watching this episode. Mm -hmm. But then I was thinking back and I was like, oh, sounds are fun. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sounds are fun. You would be, you would get along so well with Domeki is what I'm getting from all of this. Yeah, sounds are great. But because like, they don't just have like the sounds pre-made, what they do is they watch the footage like they were doing in this. Mm-hmm. And they figure out the movements. And like, there was one lady, I think it was a scene from Encanto, but I haven't seen that. But she was like doing the same dance. So that the timing of the feet tapping would line up. And it would be like the right foot motions to the sound. Yes. So it was just someone recreating the dance like on a box, like not even on the floor. She was like standing up on like a platform box sort of thing. Yeah. And so to see them like sort of flipping through and trying to figure out the sounds of this, even though I know you said pay attention to movement. (laughs) You're just going to be listening to sounds from here on out every episode. Yes. There is another (laughs) sound focused episode or two. So great. Don't don't you worry. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah. um, And Domeki even like brings that up because she's like, uh, I need to know like the timing ahead of time. Uh Like, kind of what you think the backgrounds are going to be like so I know what the acoustics should be like yeah all that kind of stuff and I'm like oh this is so complicated yeah and I was 
watching that video and they would literally have in order to make one sound of a ship going by they would have like eight tracks of sounds like combined to make that one sound for the scene yeah that's like the infamous jurassic park t-rex roar they did that one too is is a is like 30 different things and it's got like a lion roaring and it's got a cricket and it's got yeah yeah they they didn't show like the layers for that one but the guy who did that still works there mm-hmm. so he was in the video and he was like you like that didn't you <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good sound it's so good you know what I did after watching that video, Janice? I was like, do they have any job openings? That would be awesome. I've gotten us a little off track, though, so we should probably <laughs> move on to wolf children because, yeah. you know, there was lots of fun movement stuff, especially with the flashbacks in the episode. And then in the movie, so much wind, so much water, so many annoying children. So much wind, so much water, so much crit- critters running around, so much children transforming so this movie wolf children ami and yuki is a 2012 movie directed by mamoru hosoda it was made by studio chizu which is an animation studio that hosoda and the producer yuchiro saito co-founded specifically to make this film they had worked together previously as director producer on summer wars and the girl who left through time after this they continued working together at studio chizu for all of hosoda's subsequent films he's had three cents not what we watched, obviously, but the book for The Girl Who Leapt Through Time is based on a novel by the same author who wrote Paprika, which we watched earlier a couple episodes ago. So that's the fun little linking together of everything in this layer. Side note, we probably should have just watched Summer Wars and <laughs> given. Actually, I'm not going to side note that. After hearing your initial reaction to Old Children, I kind of regret that we did not watch Girl Who Leapt Through Time because I think it would have gone a lot better for you. But we'll get into that when we talk about how we feel about the movie. Sorry. It's okay. You don't have to like everything. It would be so boring if you liked all the same things I did. I like this a lot, though. That's great. (laughs) It has nothing to do with how it looked. That's good. That's important. You know, you could artistically appreciate it. Everything keeps coming back to Dune. Uh-huh. Oh no, it's all Dune all the way down. Our Dune count is at like five now for this show. I think we were supposed to be counting something else on this show, and I think it just... We're supposed to be counting Tommyknockers, but we stopped talking about Tommyknockers. Do you want to give a Tommyknockers shout out? This was better than the Tommyknockers. Hey, that's something. That's not a lot, but that's something. <laughs> So yeah, sorry, that actually does not say much at all. (laughs) It gives me a good barometer for you didn't absolutely hate it, so I appreciate that. Correct. So the plot of Wolf Children is totally original. It was written by the director Hosoda and a screenwriter named Satoko Okadure. Okadure is also the screenwriter for The Girl Who Left the Time in Summer Wars, and she did the screenwriting for Kiki's Delivery Service. Have you seen that one yet? No, but I have it saved to watch it soon-ish. Okay, it's pretty good. So I've heard. People like it. It's got a black cat, so I'm a fan. Oh no. Speaking of Ono, the art director uh, who worked on Kiki's Delivery Service and this uh, is named Hiroshi Ono. He also did Lou Over the Wall by the director of Keep Your Hands Off, Eizouken, uh Masaki Isua. Okay. A lot of the movies that Hosoda has directed share people. So the first three that he's done, the character design was done by 
Yoshiyuki Sadamoto, who also did the character designs for Evangelion. The first four movies by Hosoda, all the music was done by Masakatsu Takagi. And also all those same movies were edited by Shigeru Nishiyama. So people like working with Hosoda. They keep it up. It's like Satoshi Kon and his people. They're all loyal to each other or something. Okay. I have a not fun fact. Uh, Remember when we watched Spirited Away for your other podcast? Mm -hmm. And there's that like Dr. Eggman Robotnik looking many armed man. Uh Uh-huh. Kamaji. The voice actor for him, uh, Bunta Sugawara, is also the voice for Grandpa Nirosaki, the old man in this movie. This was his last role. I watched this one with the English dub because I bought it on Apple TV and it didn't give me an option. Oh, that's a shame, Apple TV. Give people an option to do subtitles if you want. I tried looking for it, but couldn't find anything to change it. I don't think there are any big name like Hollywood celebrities in the English dub, but there are a lot of like well-known dub voice actors who do it. Mm -hmm. Did anyone stand out to you? Did you look any of those up? I didn't recognize any of the names off the top of my head. Makes sense. You don't watch anything animated, hardly. (laughs) But the uh, grandpa guy was very grumpy, so I think that still came across very well. He still had the proper grump levels. Okay. Yeah. And I want everyone to know that Janice got mad at me because I was texting her during this. I did get mad at you. And I tweeted at someone, and she was like, I'm done talking to you. And then she still texted me back while I was still watching the movie anyway, so. Did I text you back while you were watching it still? I thought I did a good job of putting the phone down from you. I thought I ignored you. No, because I said something about not liking children, and then we were texting about that, and the movie was definitely still on. I don't know how long this movie is. It's two hours. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did text you back, huh? (laughs) Anyway... It's fine. I didn't have to pay as much attention because there were a lot of moments where there was no talking, where things were just moving. Okay, so here was my thing about it is because I didn't actually get mad. I was just like, Deanna. (laughs) Are you this bored with it? Your homework was specifically to look at how things moved. And so that is a hard thing to do while you're also on a phone looking through. And like texting was one thing. But when I saw that you had tweeted at somebody, I was like, you're scrolling through Twitter? How can you watch something and scroll? I have very good eyesight. Apparently so. I don't. That's why I got these glasses that the uh, listening audience can definitely see. (laughs) Can you hear my glasses, guys? I wear glasses. I don't. (laughs) But look, I, I I have notes. You have notes. You have questions. I'm so excited. I have notes. I have so many questions, but I'll only ask a few. Okay. So just like as background, Hosoda says that he got the idea for this story when his friends were having kids and one of them told him that like raising children is like raising wild animals and so he thought what if we took that idea to the extreme and captured what it was like to be a parent for everybody who has kids and doesn't have kids by by showing them as these like half wolf hybrid things and deanna loves children no deanna does not love children they're so annoying in this They're pretty normal. I really like these kids. I think they're sweet. If this is normal, this is why I don't like children, Janice. Yeah, right. That's fair. (laughs) Okay, the boy is fine for a majority of the movie, for like the whole first half of the movie. He's just like quiet little boy who is scared of 
being a wolf. And then he just embraces being a wolf and is a total dickhead about it. Yeah, that's true. And then Yuki probably annoys you because she's got a fun personality and she's a hyper little kid. She's a loud child. She is a loud child. Most children are loud. I don't like that. (laughs) I was a very quiet child. That does not surprise me at all. For the most part. Um, In, in like, shockers for 1,000, Alex. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have... Do you have siblings? No. No. Just fur siblings. Yeah. Well, okay, so I thought you could maybe appreciate the fur siblings aspect, because a lot of their growing up is also them being puppies. (laughs) Chewing on stuff, howling and barking when they're not supposed to, they have to get trained not to eat things they shouldn't. These children are wild. That's what they are. They're just dogs and children. It's all. Yeah, okay, so let's backtrack and recap, because as soon as this was girl meets boy, I was like, Janice, what are you doing to me? Girl meets boy, you know, uh, they're in college. He doesn't go there. She lends him her books. So good so far. She finds out that he's actually a wolf, you know, classic trope. They fall in love. It's All of this happens like, in like the first 10 minutes of the movie too. <laughs> yeah. It's a classic love story that every, a tale as old as time. I was like, this is going so fast that they better have like enough to fill the rest <laughs> of the time because <laughs> this was a long two hours. They do, but it's a slow, it's a slow burn two hours that I really like. But it's so fast at the beginning, and then they're just like, yeah. and we're going to stop time. Because <laughs> they're just like rushing through, because the, the story is about Hana raising these children, not about meeting their dad and all that stuff. I get that. Yeah, but... Uh, it was just so much to take in in the first like 10 minutes. You're like, hold on. They did what now? Yeah. I admittedly don't know much about the furry community, and I don't know much about that lifestyle and those things and so like it has taken me a long time it's taken me many watches this is maybe like the 12th time i've seen this movie before i realized that when they have their like intimate love scene that's like carefully shot so you don't actually see anything necessarily that he is in wolf mode when you just now realize that i know i just now realized that like i because i remembered that like he introduced himself like he was like look i'm a wolf sometimes but i didn't really ever think about or click the fact that he is definitely a wolf when they sleep together (laughs) (laughs) and i was like oh no We're not going to have any questions about that. We don't need to do that. You don't need to have any questions about that? I don't want to have any questions about that. Okay, fair. But I like sort of going down this like, wait, is Mamoru Hosoda a furry? Because like in this movie, this happens, right? But then the next movie is called The Boy and the Beast. And it's about a bunch of anthropomorphized animals and then like being friends with people. And then the next movie is literally The Beauty and the Beast, but it's a retelling called Belle. And I haven't seen it yet, but obviously there is a beast man and a girl in it. And so I'm like, Hosoda, there's a lot of evidence here that I didn't really fully pay attention to before. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They have two kids. They have Yuki, her name means snow, she was born on a snowy day, and then they have Ame, his name means rain, he was born on a rainy day. Your first question? Did this man just turn into a wolf after neatly placing the groceries right next to the door? Yes. And then he just disappeared? He saw the bird, took the groceries to the door, put them down, and then was like, I'm going to get that bird, and wolfed out to go try and catch it. Why? I don't know. He did it shortly 
after they moved in together, he caught that pheasant to give to her and cook the other time too. I mean, they say in the movie that maybe he just like had the hunting instinct to provide like good food for his children, for his like puppies. Which kicked in as he was bringing home groceries for everyone to eat. Yeah, but they're poor. So maybe they didn't have meat in it. And so he was like, oh, an opportunity for me. Okay. Uh, that's my excuse. And then absolutely no one questions why this woman falls to the ground sobbing over a wolf. I mean, they are very concerned with how weird it is. Like, it takes a long time before someone walks up and puts an umbrella over her. Because everyone's like, what is happening? Why is this woman crying about a wolf going in a trash can? I think people did think it was weird because no one approached her for a while. And then eventually they're like, you've got kids. Here's an umbrella, (laughs) ma'am. Yeah. So he had a short-lived part. Never got a name either. This man has no name. Nope. He does not get a name. They have a close-up of his driver's license. And even in the Blu-ray, they like intentionally blur the quality so that you cannot tell what his name says. Yeah. I don't get why, but... Okay. Because he's not important. He's not what the story is about. So the pheasant thing happens twice. I think that's really interesting. This movie loves doing things twice in ways that I think are really cool. Like, or devastating, honestly. Because the first time the pheasant happens, you're like, yay. And then the second time the pheasant happens, you're like... (sighs) Doesn't it happen a third time with the boy? He tries to get a kingfisher. Okay. It's not the same bird, but... It is a very similar thing because that is like when everything changed for him too. But yeah, that's a good point. Happens three times, huh? So they move to the country and she's going to raise them out there away from prying eyes and accidentally in the process actually gets way more prying eyes because she gets a huge (laughs) community of people who support her and help her like farm and everything thanks to the grumpy old man. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's because Yuki wants to go to school. Yeah, but everyone's helping her before Yuki goes to school. Yuki gets the idea. No, no, I know. Yeah, okay. But she moves basically because she doesn't want them going to school especially in the city, because there's going to be way more kids there. And they go so far out, so far. I think they said it was like a two and a half hour one-way trip to the middle school. Yeah, to, to go to middle school, she'd have to move. The elementary school is 30 minutes away, but to go to middle school and high school, you have to, it's a two and a half hour each way. And are the kids in middle school by the end of this? At the end of it, Yuki goes to middle school, and that's why she moves out of her mom's house. Okay. And Ame was still technically elementary school age, but he obviously didn't do that either. It's like they aged them up way too much towards the end of this. I thought she was in middle school for like the last whole section of this at the start of the movie they are four and five when they move into the house and by the time they end the movie they are 10 and 11 years old 10 being a fully grown adult wolf age (laughs) maybe it's just the way that her and sohei were talking i was like are you children or not because this is a very strange conversation that you're having yeah elementary school kids that are like weirdly serious yeah (laughs) so that confused me yeah the movie is i think it's super cute i love that like yuki starts as this like she's a little firecracker she's a little firecracker she's like i'm gonna like boss around all the animals in the woods and i peed on a boar and (laughs) (laughs) i texted you i was like did this 
child just say she peed on an animal? Mm-hmm. And she's like, Ame, the other animals don't respect you because you don't, like, fight them and you're not tough. And then by the end of it, she switches around and she's actually more like her dad, where she's like, I want to go to school and learn and be with the people and fall in love. And Ame, who was, like, timid and afraid all the time, is like, actually, now I'm king of the woods forever. And she apparently falls in love when she's like 10. Is this a thing in anime? Because this happened in Spirited Away, too. They love a love story. Kids fall in love and out of love all the time. (laughs) Okay. You know, you get crushes when you're a little kid. You think they're the biggest thing in the world, and then they're not. And you also try to rip their ear off, apparently. If they make you mad. I mean, Van Gogh did it. Why can't kids? He did it to himself. Yeah, that's true. That's different, Janice. (laughs) To be fair, Sohei was like really crossing the line of appropriate pestering. Not that there is an appropriate pestering level, but like, oh my gosh, kid. No, but he's a boy, so of course he crossed the line. Yeah. Just gonna shake my head. I think it's great audio. <laughs> Just hear me shaking my head over and over again. Yep. So yeah, by the end of it, they choose their own paths and Yuki decides to be a human and Ame decides to be a wolf. The scene that I cut myself off talking about is the when they are kids and they run through like the first snowy day in the woods Mm -hmm. and it's all joyous and they're making little wolf angels little wolf angels and hana like tumbles down the mountain but it's like played off for comedy and like a fun happy moment and then at the end of the movie when it's raining she tumbles down the movie and at that point dad has died on a rainy day sensei died on the rainy day and you're just like oh hana please be okay That was rough for me. Have you ever fallen down a hill, Janice? A hill? Yeah. A mountain? Like the one she fell down? Uh, No, I have not. Have you? I've also fallen down a hill. That was very wooded. (laughs) How how many things did you hit along the way? Somehow none, but the amount of scrapes I had (laughs) was numerous. (laughs) Don't recommend falling down hills or mountains. That sounds really rough. (laughs) Sorry. I was like 10... I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was it was a long time ago, but don't recommend it. Yeah, I can't say that I'm itching to try it. <laughs> I'm not champing at the bit there, so I won't do it. Okay, so was that all your questions about it? Can you share how you felt about the movie? It looked very nice. Mm-hmm. I loved some of the little things, like when Yuki gets the snake, and she's like holding <laughs> it, and it's like squirming in the air. I thought that yeah. looked great, and... Basically, all of the animal movements were done really well because they do a good job of, like, differentiating how Sensei moves versus how, like, Yuki and Ame move. Oh, yeah. Like, Sensei's jumping around nimbly rock to rock, and you can see Ame, like, clawing over each individual one. Yeah, and then the scene where the two of them are fighting in the house, which, one, rude because of how much (laughs) effort their mom put into making that place look as good as it did. And they're just shattering dishes and blowing through walls. And That was years ago. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago, because it took her a very long time. It's like five years ago. Yeah, true. That's actually true. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. Watching them tear up that place is really hard. There's a scene that I really love in this that... Have I ever made you watch the YouTube show Every Frame of Painting? No. That seems wrong, because I think I have, but you should watch it because it's very good. And this guy watches stuff and he breaks it down and he'll show you, like, 
different like kinds of shots or like different filming techniques. It's really cool. And one of them is about like the long shot and like pan shots. And they bring up this scene that happens in Wolf Children where you watch them age a couple years by showing like Yuki in first grade and then they'll pan to like Ame in first grade and then Yuki's in second grade. And then like as they zigzag back and forth with the kids in the school, you can see like Yuki's always at the front of the class and she's raising her hand and she's reading and Ame's always at the back of the class and he's like bored looking out the window Mm -hmm. until eventually just like he's not there anymore and like that's a scene that they do to show the like progression of time that is just absolutely beautiful and then they love a montage in this movie too so I like the farming montage they love so many montages in this movie the pregnancy montage (laughs) there's so many and I don't love them. You don't love them? You don't love the montages? This is why I have the controversial opinion, apparently, that Toy Story 2 is my least favorite Toy Story because of the Jesse montage that feels like it drags on forever. So between uh, this movie is about children and has a lot of montages, this was just destined to not work for you. <laughs> apparently not. Like I said, it looked nice, but there were times where it just felt like a whole lot of nothing was happening Mm -hmm. like there were shots that would just linger it's like the wind's blowing yeah so you can feel and enjoy and experience the moment as someone who lives in a place where it is very windy Mm -hmm. i do not find the wind enjoyable (laughs) that's fair it's becoming like a science experiment for me where i'm trying to find where the line is for you between (laughs) slice of life media and just slow but not, like, slice-of-life media. Because we watch some things and I'm surprised you like it, and I think it's because, like, despite being slow, something is progressing versus it seems like anytime you... So when you like a Ghibli movie, it confuses me because there's so much sitting and experiencing a moment longer than you necessarily need to for the enjoyment of it. And (laughs) Mamoru Hosoda movies are that way too, but maybe too much on that, like... This felt absolutely nothing like Spirited Away. Yeah. That moved so much faster than this. And Nausicaa, too. Same thing. No, because that had, like, the whole plot line of, like, saving the princess mm-hmm. and then saving the giant bugs that I forgot the names of already. Ohms, yeah. Yes. And then you have all of the, like, planes and stuff to look at. Yeah. So you need all that action to, like spice up the periods of rest something can be a slow burn as long as it's interesting like i love better call saul and that's like the ultimate slow burn show yeah but it's like action-packed okay i'm getting i'm getting that line it's i think that there are two more things on our list to watch that you might hate and so i okay I didn't hate this. I just don't like children. So I found all of the children in this to be very annoying. Even the ones who were in it for like two minutes, like there were twins or something. Mm. Is there an age limit on children where they become interesting? Because like Spirited Away, she's a kid. But she's not annoying. Okay. I don't think they're annoying either. But yeah, that's fair. I also have a higher tolerance for children than you do. She throws like temper tantrums when she doesn't get a snack. (laughs) Yeah, so do I. (laughs) (laughs) do you turn into a wolf too janice no i don't have wolf blood god okay so that's all good to know all right i've got a bit 
Uh, we're bringing back the toast of tardiness. We're going to talk about tropes in anime. So Sohei comes to town, and obviously the best way to introduce a character that was previously not known is to make them a new transfer student. So new transfer student is a big anime thing. A lot of times the main character of a show will be the new transfer student, mm-hmm. but sometimes it'll be the important person who comes along to like change everything. And I don't know why that is, because it seems to me like you could just like turn and like finally notice somebody who's been there the whole time. But I guess it's way easier for anime to just have somebody stand at the front of class and go, hi, my name is Sohei. I'm new. I mean, I don't know, Janice, you didn't notice a wolfman right in front of your face 12 times. That's true. I mean, after the first time, I already knew he was a wolfman, so I didn't really think. And then it was only this time where I'm like writing notes along watching it that I thought. The wolf head took up like half of the screen in that shot, though. (laughs) I know, I know. It was so much bigger. That's true. I don't know. I don't notice things. Anyway, so new transfer student works with my attention span because there you go. He's right there. Another one that comes up a lot, not only in anime and other things, is the last of his kind. So it's like, you thought wolves were extinct in Japan a hundred years ago? Joke's on you. They've been around this whole time and they look like people. Oh, but except they're they're extinct now because he's the last one. Another one, this also not exclusive to anime, but pretty fun is working class werewolves. Have you ever noticed, Deanna, the vampires are always rich? Are you asking if I've watched Twilight? I mean, no, I haven't. That wasn't all (laughs) vampires are rich. Dracula's got a whole castle. Um, the Twilight ones are rich, sure. Um, the ones in Interview with the Vampire are just, like, bougie rich boys. Okay. You never noticed, you've never noticed the vampires? Oh my gosh, okay. Werewolves are always poor. The most recent vampire things I watched were the Blade movies, and it was, like, half and half with the vampires. Like, you had, you had some rich vampires, but then a lot of them were just, like, in this dingy club most of the time. Oh, I've never seen a Blade, so that makes, Okay. Poor vampire representation, all right. Or maybe just more accurate, because you have both ends. Sunshine vampire representation, too. Can't Blade go outside in the sun? Yeah, he's a daywalker. Yeah, so it sounds pretty non-canonical to me, to the vampire lore. I don't think Dracula got hurt by the sun. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Anyway. Most of what I know is Blade and what we do in the shadows, so. Yeah, what we do in the shadows, all those vampires are rich. Then why do they all have to live together? Because they like it. They're bored otherwise. But they don't even like Colin. Yeah, why does Colin live there? Anyway, (laughs) I could talk about what we do in the shadows forever, but they're all like fancy boys and gals. I think we've gotten so off track this episode, and I think it's all my fault. Sorry. Werewolves are all working class. What we do in the shadows movie, those are just like guys who have jobs. Most other things, they're just guys who have jobs. This keeps it up. Dad Wolf is just a delivery man. That's cool. And then we also have a lot of water stuff. So a trope is symbolic baptism and also like partly cloudy with a chance of death where you're getting always fun these major character deaths when weather is happening and water's a big deal. There was a lot of water in both these things, both Isaacin and... Wolf children class got canceled due to a rainstorm. Sure did. Yeah. Guess it's a thing. Guess it's a thing. It must rain a lot in Japan. <laughs> you and I both went to school in California for the most part. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't rain a lot in Oklahoma either. So it's not like I got a lot of different experience before that. Fair. Snow and rain and water are all real important in this movie. They exist here. Don't love it. They exist here too. 
Yuki's named after snow. It was snowing when she was born. She decides that she wants to live as a human on a rainy day. Ame means rain. He was born on a rainy day. His dad died on a rainy day. He decides that he wants to live as a wolf on that snowy day after he falls into the water. There's just a lot of that all going on. Yeah. And Isaac and we got to watch the like teacup twirl. There's a lot of, they love water. They really do. Is there anything else that stood out to you? That's the end of my bit. Those are all the tropes. I feel like there's just kind of some plot holes, but... Yeah, what are your plot holes? It's because of how time works in this, which is to say it does not. (laughs) The pacing is kind of all over the place because of that, because of all the time jumps. Because we get her entire backstory in like 10, 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then we get her raising the kids. And then we see all these different time jumps while they're kids. Yeah. So I think that's why I was confused that they weren't in middle school yet, because they were like suddenly much taller. And I was like, are 10 year olds this tall? I have no concept of how tall children should be when they're a certain age. Were you watching the screen in the scene where they pan back and forth showing them get older? In the classrooms? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Where it says like... Second grade, third grade. That they're in. Okay. Time does not move, jump any more forward after that. So... Okay. It felt like it did. Yeah, I can see how maybe, like... Because, like, Ame went from, like, being little, tiny boy to, like, looking like he was supposed to be 16 or something. Yeah, because he was, like, more... That is weird, and the reason why they do that is because... Like, he suddenly looked older than the sister. At 10, a wolf is an adult, and Ame is choosing to live the wolf lifestyle. Okay. So when he looks like a human, he looks older than he is because he is actually reverting to his wolf age. Okay. If you say so. Is what the movie logic is. Yeah. It's not, <laughs> that's how they explain it. But like, yeah. It still confused me. Yeah, that's fair. Because I know there was that scene with Hana and the dad and he was like, he's an adult now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, sir, he is not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As a child, he's not. But as a wolf, I guess, shrug. Yeah. The time thing does confuse me when it gets to um, Sohei showing up, because you would think that Sohei knew her longer or anything. But like the whole sequence of him meeting her, telling her that she smells like a dog, her not wanting to interact with him, him getting clawed up. That was like day one. Yeah, that was all day one. And then her not going for school for a while was a week. And it felt like he was showing up every day for like months. It did feel like that. But it was literally just he came every day for a week. I watched this movie and then I immediately had no concept of time. I was like, <laughs> I don't know what just happened. Yeah. Yeah in that bit too and then like and then they decide that they want to stay together after the storm and all that and it's like kids it's been like eight days can you calm down they were being so serious he was like i'm just gonna run away from home and Mm -hmm. there might have been like a month or something between those events but yeah 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 but he was like my mom's having a baby i was like your mom was not pregnant a month ago so Mm -hmm. i mean she could have been i guess but like not pregnant enough to be having a baby right now. (laughs) So I was just like, what is happening? She just got engaged and stuff. Maybe they wrote out the rest of that school year before the rainstorm happened. But yeah, the time on that is weird. Yeah, that hurt my brain. Mm -hmm. That's valid. Speaking of hurt your brain. Oh no. We're gonna watch some more episodes of things. Um, We're gonna do something a little bit different next time. But uh, what, what things are we watching? And then I'll talk a little bit. We're watching episode eight of Keep Your Hands Off, Azoken, 
which is the Grand Shibahama Festival. Good job. And then five episodes of Great Pretender Los Angeles Connection, whatever that is. Yeah. So Great Pretender is an anime show, TV show, that's on Netflix. Okay. And season one is split up into three arcs. So the first arc is the first five episodes. Um, and that's all I'll tell you about it because you like being surprised. This is not one of the things I think will bore you. So <laughs> there's a warning at least. Um, your homework for it is to pay attention to voice acting and uh, music driving the action of scenes. Okay. And I will say as a warning, the first half of the first episode, the voice acting is a lot all at once. It okay. changes halfway through. So like, if you find yourself scratching your head or being like, this is hard to listen to, it's gonna change. Okay. I think I can do that. I believe in you. And you probably won't regret it. In the Guide to Geekdom is a spinoff of Welcome to Geekdom by our host, Deanna Chapman. Check out her YouTube channel for more opinions on general geekery. Our intro and outro music is by Associations. Do yourself a favor and go to associations.bandcamp.com to listen to more of their stuff. For a multimedia experience with links and images, follow us on Twitter at geek underscore guidance.